when Jenna's new boyfriend, Herm, announces that he is traveling to the north shore of Lake Superior to meet Commander Donner. She is skeptical. After all, Herm is convinced that he is an alien from the planet Xylon, who has been sent to Earth to search for rare minerals. As far as she is concerned, he is living in a dream world. However, Herm is also a nice guy, the best she's ever known, and she enjoys being with him. So does her eight-year-old daughter, Sylvie. If only it wasn't for that alien issue. This is a story of the horrors that some people can inflict upon the innocent. It is also a story of how incredibly strong the human spirit is. Ultimately, it is a story of how strong the bonds of love truly can be. Eye of the Beholder, a novella by Jim Bates. Available at MythMart.com www.mythmart.com and all other online retailers. In the wake of the Me Too movement comes a collection of short stories that challenge the reader to consider how women have suffered through the ages and continue suffering now. The primary connection between the stories in the collection, Suffer Rage, is that they are stories of and about women. Each woman in the collection has suffered, whether at the hands of men, society, or other women. Those they love, those that should love them, even their own bodies and minds, have betrayed them at some point. Some of these women are nameless. Some only have their names to hold on to and some are looking for new names to go with the possibility of new lives. Some stories tackle sexual assault, abortion, mental health issues, aging, and surviving against the odds. Regardless of the genre employed, there is a profoundly feminist and at times girl-esque tone to the stories. There are sharp and smart gestures toward body, femininity, and patriarchy and you get a sense of simmering rage throughout. As one of the story's protagonists says, all you have to do is listen in the bright dawn and you will hear tender violence, the noise of women. When you have finished reading Suffer Rage, you will hear the voices of all the women vibrating in your bones and you will ask yourself if you should choose to be a coward or a revolutionary. Purchase your copy today of the Open Contract Challenge 2023 winner Adele Evershed and her collection of stories, Suffer Rage, at www.mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Don't you cry. 
Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host Lupa and this is episode 152. Okay, so I had to get through that because I have a blooper reel and uh, my first opening for this I decided I was going to be a little smart and funny and, and inject a joke into my regular opening and I screwed it up six ways from Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, lesson learned. Um, go with what you know and cracking jokes about my, uh, Hey everybody, um, in the middle of doing the, Hey everybody doesn't work. So yeah, here we are. Uh, anyway, sorry. I was just reading. My friend is retired. So he found the ultimate symbol of his retirement. Um, and I was just reading, glancing. He, he's, this is the third podcast he has interrupted or inspired and this time he doesn't even know anyway so this is uh look at me being consistent four weeks in a row now four five i don't know we're into february um this is the what the fuzzy hell episode because <laughs> while i was having my morning um moment to catch up on the daily news let's just put it that way uh i came across a few things that made me go what um yeah yeah but housekeeping first always with the housekeeping uh we do still have the gofundme running and again we do thank everybody who has contributed to um our gofundme we are bringing you the best quality products that we can within our um, realm of capabilities. And speaking of the best quality products, uh, I have actually held in my hot little hands Jim Bates's novella. I'm sorry, I'm a little stuffy this morning. Jim Bates's novella, Eye of the Beholder. And, I, you know, I got to admit, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. I made the cover. I designed the cover. So um, I'm, I'm always very proud of covers I design. But to see them on a book, hold them in my hand, it's kind of cool. So, and I mean, it's a great little book. It really is. <laughs> it's a great little book. It just, if it wasn't for that alien thing. Anyway, uh, you heard the commercial at the beginning. Uh, also, Suffer Rage by... Um, OCC winner, 2023 winner, Adele Evershed, is now on sale. You can get it um, at Myth Mart. Myth Mart. Wow. Let's try that again. You can get it at Myth Mart. Um, you can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Goodreads. We prefer Myth Mart because that, um, again, helps the company. And the um, I think a lot of people forget they're, they buy it on on Amazon because free shipping um, or whatever. It's easier. Uh, it doesn't take as long or whatever. Whatever their reasons are, they buy it on Amazon. But they forget that on Amazon, the author of said book is only going to get, if they're lucky, pennies on the dollar. 
more often than not, the royalty that they receive from Amazon is pennies on the entire sale. Whereas with Mythmart, they receive 75%, I believe it is, of the royalties. Um, so, you know, support your, your author, support the, the, the creative that you are purchasing their book from and buy it from Mythmart. What's $5 in shipping? Really? Okay. For somebody like me, it would be two loaves of bread, milk, and, you know, that's probably about it. Maybe just milk. <laughs> but I get it. You know, everybody wants free shipping. Everybody wants their parcels insured. Everybody wants it. Amazon is easy peasy. Whereas Mythmart comes through the mail. But Mythmart supports the authors far better than Amazon ever will, ever could, and will ever have the desire to. Amazon is out to make money. We are out to support a company and build dreams. So, all right, I'm getting down off my soapbox now, at least for that one. Um, next month, we have Jessica Alexandria's book, The Murder Society, coming out. Um, edits are going along swimmingly and um, yeah so I'm excited for that one to come out because again excellent book and I, I still have to like shake my head and go this was written by a 17 year old girl so I'm very excited about that that's coming up um, there are a few things uh, in the works that I'm not at liberty to discuss at the moment because they're not mine. <laughs> um, there are a few things that I am working on um, that, again, I I don't want to put out there just yet until um, I'm finished with it and I've decided what's happening with it because the original plan has now been changed. Um, yeah. Let's just say someone's going to have a literary agent very soon. So anyway, um, the original plan for what I'm working on has changed. So we're going to try, I'm going to try a different avenue first and then go back to the original plan if the original avenue doesn't work. Um, let me see. I've started a new screenwriting course uh, through Coursera. And it's really cool. You can find a lot of free courses online. You don't get the credential. You don't get the diploma. You don't get the certificate. I mean, for $79, if I really wanted to and could afford $79, I would um, I'd buy the course so that I could get the certificate. But in my line of work, um, diplomas don't really matter. Talent matters. You don't have to have a degree in creative writing to be able to write. 
So I am learning the basics of writing a feature length screenplay for film or television. Yes, I did just read you the title of the course that I am taking. And it is actually through Michigan State University. And it's offered through Coursera, through the, the Michigan State University, MSU. And um, it's peer graded. So what you're doing, all the things that, all the assignments that you do, the rest of the peers in your class are grading it. So you're getting to hear what the public has to say about what you're doing. And I've had some really positive feedback, right? Like so far, um, I'm fairly excited because I did put up two um, ideas and then I had to choose one. So I chose one that I have been working on to do for the assignments. So yeah, I'm learning how to write a screenplay. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, a feature, a feature like, yes, a screenplay. I'm learning to write a screenplay. So I've also started um, converting a story to a screenplay. Um, so I'm working on that. Not a whole lot going on with the company right now. Um, the comics are still plugging away. We're still working away on the comics. And the comic for Free Comic Book Day, which is May 8th, uh, is almost ready, I believe. I uh, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I do have to check. So for next week, um, I'll have a whole bunch of things to tell you. I'm going to check and I'm going to let you know what the entire schedule is because we do have another editor working on books. And his name is Michael. And we kind of doubled our book list this year. And uh, he's working on books, and I'm working on books, and we have lots of books coming out. So, okay. <coughs> How far are we in? Well, that was, uh, that was housekeeping, as best to my knowledge. Um, it's really cold here the last little while. It's been raining. Nope, we didn't have to build an ark. We are not floating, and for the most part, we're dry. Today it's sunny, thank goodness, because down the hill uh, was not faring so well. We're on a hill, so we're good. As you all know, I'm visiting. Um, and I'm visiting Dave, so yeah, it's been a little rainy. And according to my weather app, we're going to get snow on Friday. I think it's time I went home. Come here for snow. Um, but I can't go home on Friday, which would be when you're listening to this podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, potentially it's snowing in my world. Um, because it's my birthday weekend. My birthday is actually on Monday, but we are going to celebrate it over the weekend. So we might. No, we're going to celebrate. We actually, we are celebrating it on Monday. Um, Dave and I are going to go to a movie during the day. And then we're going to go for dinner Monday night with, with the kids. So, yeah, I am turning 52. I haven't quite wrapped my brain around the fact that I turned 50. And here I am two years in 
Now, um, I don't feel 52. I don't feel 50. I mean, I remember as a kid, I would look at people in their 50s and think, wow, you're old. And now I get there and it's like, no, we're not. I don't. But see, I come from, I'm a Gen Xer, obviously. And I know you've all heard the Gen Xers are, we're just built different. Nah, nah, nah. We age different. And we're, we're not the same. Well, we're not. Really, we're not. There are a lot of things that are different between the boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials. Gen X is different. We're, we're, and what, all right, let me give you some examples because the whole Gen X thing kind of falls into the very first what the fuzzy hell uh, thing that I want to talk about today. I was casually browsing my, <clears throat> my Twitter and I came across a, well, I was, I was actually, okay, I lied. I was actually clearing out, um, the notifications on my phone that, um, had built up over the night, like, you know, TikTok and Facebook and, and Instagram and um, Twitter. And I can't, well, I see, I know it's X, but I will always call it Twitter, whatever. The app formerly known as, how's that? And I came across this headline that made me have to go and actually read the story. So I'm going to share that with you. So the headline is Solar Eclipse prompts more Ontario schools to shut their doors on April 8th. And my Gen X brain went, huh? What? Wait, what? So this is the story. And then I'm going to tell you why I went, what the fuzzy hell? So... Central Ontario school boards join the pack of those closed for this year's solar eclipse. More than a dozen Ontario school boards will shutter schools in their regions, switching to a professional activities or a PA day, which in Canada is a day off for the students and the teachers on April 8th when the eclipse is expected. On Monday, Blue Water District and Bruce Gray Catholic District School Boards announced that they too were rescheduling their PA day from April 26th to April 8th. The Simcoe County School Boards have not announced a PA day change on their annual calendars. Now, both of my grandchildren go to school in Simcoe County. Just saying. A total solar eclipse is expected to occur between 2 p.m. and 4.30 p.m. on April 8th and should be visible across North America, including areas in Ontario. The two school boards' joint press release stated the primary concern prompting this schedule change is the safety and well-being of our students and staff during the solar eclipse. 
as many students would be getting on the bus or walking home from school during this time frame, their risk of looking directly at the solar eclipse would be significantly increased. While total solar eclipses like the one set to happen in April 8th, on April 8th offer scientists and researchers a unique opportunity to gather valuable data that enhances our understanding of the sun's corona and behavior, it is crucial for everyone to prioritize eye safety during this celestial event, said Georgian Bay public health physician consultant Dr. Rim Zayed. Directly staring at the sun, even during an eclipse, can cause, can cause severe eye damage. Grey Bruce Public Health urges parents and guardians to speak with their children about the potential dangers of staring at the sun, even for a brief period during the eclipse, he said. School boards in Ottawa, Renfrew, Algonquin, Hastings, Prince Edward County, and French school boards in eastern, central, and northern Ontario, as well as Nipissing Perry Sound Catholic District School, Catholic Perry Sound Catholic District School, and Near North District School boards have changed their PA days as well. What? I remember public school. There was a solar eclipse. And we weren't sheltered from it. We were actually told when we were sent out into the outside for recess, don't look at the sun. It will blind you. So, what did we do when we went outside? Some of us would put our hands over our little things. They made little cardboard solar eclipse viewers that we could look at the solar eclipse through and be perfectly safe. But I can pretty much guarantee when the adults said, if you look at the sun, you're going to go blind. We didn't look at the sun. And they're concerned about students and staff, which says very little for the competency of said staff. If they're worried that their staff is going to look up at the sun when they're being released from school, knowing that they're going to cause eye damage, if they do, what does that say about the staff? I mean, I get it. It's our generation that are making these rules, that are taking these precautions. And yes, the little kids like kindergarten and, you know, grade one, grade two, I'm fairly certain grade three, I happen to know somebody that if we told them don't look at the sun, they'd look at the sun just to find out why we said don't look at the sun. And if we explained you'll go blind, they might try and peek at the sun or do it through sunglasses. You know, I'm using that. Anyway. Um, yeah, I get it. They're at risk. But the older grades should be smart enough. And have enough capabilities and discipline to not look at the sun. Make it a science class. Explain to them. Show them what can happen to the, to the retina. Show them what can happen to long term if they stare at the sun on a solar eclipse. It, it's, uh, you don't go instantly blind. You don't. But you can cause damage. 
it's just it. I'm I'm at a loss for words because I'm just I'm 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 stunned. Like this is the first time I've ever heard of a school being closed during a solar eclipse because they're worried about the kids. Have there been problems? I just I don't. I don't understand. I I don't. We were told, don't look at the sun. We didn't look at the sun. We learned about it in science class. We learned what a solar eclipse was, what it was going to do. A lot of times, they'd wheel in the TV, and we would watch it on TV as it progressed. Uh, We would check in on it, and then we would mark it on our, our... sun and moon that we had drawn on the the blackboard with chalk yes with chalk do you remember chalk kids today have no idea what chalk sounds like on a blackboard and how when your teacher would write and you'd get that and you'd know when they were mad because their would get harder um or they would spin around and whip the chalk at whoever was talking and if you really got in trouble, then you had to clean the brushes after school. And you'd go home covered in chalk dust. It'd be up your nose. See, why aren't they worried about that? Oh, wait, they are. They took away this, the chalkboard in exchange for plastic sheets and markers encased in plastic on a projected onto a plastic whiteboard with dry erase plastic markers and then decided the single-use plastic is the problem. Yeah, I watched a, a TikTok video. I get a lot of news from TikTok. It's kind of funny. Um, another what the fuzzy hell moment. Um, this woman was objecting to plastics and was trying to petition the council to change the laws on single-use plastics and um, the council member decided to educate the young lady um, as to her argument that all plastics should be banned And we should be using other methods. And he said, okay, all right, okay. If you want to ban all plastics, then um, stop using your cell phone. Stop wearing your clothes. Take your shoes off. Don't brush your teeth. There is plastic in just about absolutely everything we wear, we use, So banning plastics isn't the problem. And banning single-use plastics? What did that do? Using um, paper straws caused more recycling waste. Actually, I don't even think you could recycle the paper, paper straws because they had food on them, which means they were no longer able to be recycled into other products. So it cost more 
And then you have to look at if you're going to use products like hemp and cotton. So now you're building more factories to manufacture things that are made out of this stuff, which means more trucks using gas or fossil fuels or whatever, electricity. Okay, well, where does electricity come from? It comes from hydroelectric dams. It comes from wind power. But now you have to build more factories to convert that energy into useful energy. So while it's great to be environmentally friendly, you have to look at all the things that using one specific thing is going to cause. Now, I love wind power. I do. I love, I mean, I live in Ontario. So um, we call our electricity hydro because it is generated by Niagara Falls. Um, so it, it's, it's a roundabout catch 22 that, um, can, can, you can get stuck in like plastic is in books, plastic is in pens and plastic is in nail files and nails and glue and pants and shoes and socks and, and you know, the microphone that I'm using has plastic parts. The laptop that I'm using has plastic parts. My phone, my phone case has plastic parts. So banning plastic's not going to work. Banning single-use plastic doesn't work. It doesn't work. They banned um, plastic bags at Walmart in favor of you buying their fabric bags, which, by the way, had plastic in them. <clears throat> and that created a lot of excess plastic garbage because people had all these bags. Now, you're, they're telling you not to use plastic bags to put your stuff in at the cash register, but now you're putting a box into the plastic bag, into the, the, the fabric bag that is coated in a plastic, has plastic inside holding whatever it is that you've bought in place, so it looks pretty through the plastic window. Uh, the paper straws, I think, made me laugh the most because... First of all, if you don't drink your drink within five minutes, your paper straw turns to mush and it's useless. It feels awful in the mouth. So people would go and buy plastic straws or metal straws from the dollar store in plastic wrapping. So you're not really saving any plastic there. Um... And then they put the plastic straw or the, the paper straw through a plastic lid in a wax covered cup. The plastic lid can be recycled. The wax covered cup, not so much. So the wax covered cup and the paper straw are now going to go into the garbage, which is going to go to the landfill. The plastic straw can be rinsed out and put in recycling. So, yeah, where were they saving? Where were they saving? 
Okay, so that kind of jumped into a an accidental what the hell. Um, started by the solar eclipse that they need to protect the children from. And the funny thing is, is now they're moving this PA day. So all the parents that got the schedule at the beginning of the year and booked their babysitters or talked to their daycare or even scheduled the day off so they could be home with the little munchkins um, because somebody needs to watch them now have to reschedule that day in the hopes that they can um, and either call in sick that day if they can't reschedule or leave their kids home by themselves. Now, after a certain grade, like grade six and up, they're fine home by themselves, but you don't want them in school where they're supervised and you can keep them inside. You don't want them in school because you don't want them looking at the sun and you think they might be at risk. But it's okay for them to be at home by themselves where there's nobody watching them to say, hey, dumbass, don't look at the sun. So I ask you, what would have been the better solution? Closing the schools altogether and changing the PA day and screwing up every parent's schedule across every county? Or releasing them early? Having the parents maybe take a late lunch or have someone pick them up and then they're only home or they're only getting to the daycare a couple of hours early on that day. That would have been made that would have made a whole lot more sense than just closing the school entirely because you can't trust your staff to not look at the sun. What is this world coming to? I mean, like I said, when we were in public school, we were told, all right, you're going out for recess. Don't look at the sun. It's going to damage your eyes. So what did we do? We didn't look at the sun. I, I don't understand. Children today are so coddled and so babied that they have lost all ability to have any form of common sense. They have no healthy fear of anything. They have very little respect for any authority telling them not to do something. Especially if it's a teacher. Well, you're not my parents. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to look at the sun. And if it damages my eyes, my mommy and daddy will get me the best treatment ever. Really? No. <laughs> No, you, you, I don't understand today's generation. I really don't. And maybe I'm not supposed to. And maybe when I was that age, the generation that would have been my age now didn't understand us. They didn't understand our music. I can guarantee you that. They did not understand our music. Um, now, I was lucky because I grew up in a household where my dad liked rock and roll. I liked rock and roll. My mom liked pop. I liked pop. So I could listen to rock and roll with my dad and he'd be like, oh, that's a good song. As he would walk by my bedroom, he wouldn't yell at me to turn it down. 
sometimes he would yell, hey, turn that up. I like that song. And uh, my mom would go by when I was playing like Duran Duran. Well, she wasn't really, she didn't really like Duran Duran. She didn't quite understand Duran Duran. But Corey Hart, Brian Adams, um, um, oh, oh, the band that sings Owner of a Lonely Heart. I can't, ah! I can't think of the name. It's there, but I can't think of it. Um, songs like that. Um, I want to bop with you. That one would get my mom dancing like nobody's business. She loved all that. And a lot of times when they were working in the backyard, doing the gardening and dad was doing the yard work and I would put my speakers because my bedroom was on the ground floor at the back. We lived in a split level and my bedroom was on the ground floor at the back of the house. So my windows looked out onto the backyard and I would put my speakers in my window and mom and dad would be enjoying the music. In the so I was lucky. I grew up in a house where my music wasn't, um, overly intrusive but I didn't listen to hard rock I didn't listen to heavy metal I know our generation didn't understand heavy metal especially the screaming stuff I didn't understand it but we had a healthy fear of our parents and I know some of you out there are going to go well that's abuse and and you shouldn't be afraid of your parents and me 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 well you know what Shut up. We had a healthy fear of our parents. And that healthy fear was bred in from the knowledge that if we broke the rules, if we were told don't do something and we went ahead and we did it, our ass was grass. We were going to get grounded or a spanking. A lot of times we got both. So we tended to think twice before we did the stupid stuff. Can we do this and not get caught? If we get caught, what's the worst they can do? And are we willing to bear that? A lot of times the answer was, yep. Because what we were doing was fun. <laughs> And in all reality, I am really surprised most of us are still alive because some of the stuff that we did was pretty stupid. Um, so, oh, I don't even want to know. I have my back turned and I know the dog's getting into trouble because he doesn't have my undivided attention. I will deal with it after the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. I will deal with it after the podcast. Anyway, um, we had a healthy fear and we would gauge that fear against what we were willing to tolerate to do what we wanted to do. So be it get on our bikes and set half a hill on fire or hitchhike to the next town um, I do remember as a child, I stole a chocolate bar, or at least I attempted to steal a chocolate bar. 
And I got to the, the door and the cashier caught me, called me back to the counter. And I was only in like grade seven, I think at the time. Yeah, because I still lived in port. So I was in grade seven and he calls me back to the counter. What's your name? Well, first he says, you know, hand it over. I was too terrified because it was the first time I'd ever attempted to steal anything. Um, I was too terrified to not answer the question uh, because I was raised with a healthy fear of adults. So I told him my name. And uh, he says, hand it over. Game the chocolate bar. I think it was an O. Henry. And uh, where do you live? So I gave him 526 Simcoe Avenue. What's your phone number? Gave him my phone number. What are your parents' names? Gave him my parents' names. And he says, all right, I will be calling your parents within the week. To tell them what you have done. Get out of my store. I ran. I ran all the way home, which was just straight up the street. Ran all the way home, into my room. And every time for the next two weeks, every single time the phone rang, I leapt out of my skin. And I would, I was jumping over my little brother and my little sister. I was jumping over the dog. I do believe I pushed my dad out of the way at one point in time so that I could answer the phone. He never called. But I can guarantee you I never attempted to steal anything ever again. Because I had that healthy fear. So when the teachers told us and our parents told us, okay, today there's a solar eclipse. Don't look at the sun. We didn't look at the sun. We went about our school day. We went about, and for the most part, people don't generally look up at the sun on a regular basis to begin with. And when you're told, if you look up at the sun today, it's going to burn your eyes out of your head. We didn't look up at the sun. But now, but now, because the children of today, and apparently the parents of today have no common sense, um, they're going to shut the schools down to keep the kids home and safe. Yeah. So, the next thing, as I'm scrolling through the app that used to be Twitter, was that I came across was um, I did read about Toby Keith. I knew that the other day. I am very sad. I am very sad. I I loved Toby Keith. I still love his music. Um, I loved his sense of humor. I, you know, Red Solo Cup was one that my middle boy loved. And I think he still loves it to this day. Um I liked um, Beer for My Men, Water for My Horses. I think that was the name of the song. I liked the one, you know, the ones he did with Willie Nelson, which was that one, one of that, that one. I love How Do You Like Me Now? And when I make it, that's going to be my theme song to everybody that ever teased me, bullied me, picked on me, or told me, you suck. <laughs> How do you like me now? Anyway. <laughs> He just, his song spoke to a generation of people with attitude and with strong opinions. And yes, he had his strong opinions about a lot of things, um, but I liked his music. So I was saddened about that. Um, 
Wow. Okay. So apparently, and I understand that in a Muslim family, things are supposed to be a specific way and they have specific rules, but dude, apparently a Muslim father, during a live video that his daughter was making, beat her because she wasn't wearing her hijab or niqab. I can't pronounce that, so I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered it. That poor girl. But um, something that I, I read the other day as well um, about King Charles. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I think being king is a curse. Being the king of England is a curse. Because um, I think it was King George. Let me see. Who was... Queen Elizabeth's dad. I think it was King George. King George the Sixth. Yes, King George. Uh, King George died of lung cancer, making um, his daughter Queen Elizabeth the Second or Elizabeth the Second Queen. Um, in 1952, he died at 56 years of old. 56 years of age. But he died of cancer. Yes, he was a heavy smoker. And he died of lung cancer. But he still died of cancer. And then Queen Elizabeth came along. And she reigned from 1952 to 2002. Yes, to 2002. So she was 96 years old when she died. She had a long, long reign as queen then she died and her son Charles became king King Charles the third um he's going to have to abdicate I'm sure because he was just diagnosed with cancer so I'm very certain William we will probably see Prince William king before the end of this year more than likely. But think about it. Uh, king George. So King. Yeah. King. King George the sixth. He reigned for. From 1936 to 1952. So 20 years. He reigned for 20 years. Um, King George IV reigned for 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, King George IV reigned for 10 from 1820 to 1830. Uh, let me see. So, 1952... So, King George VI reigned for 16 years. <sighs> so, after... Um, wait, let me find... I lost it again. There we are. 
Um, okay, so how long did King George V reign? He reigned from 1910 to 1936. So, 26 years. Queen Elizabeth reigned for... 66 years. Okay, so who is the longest reigning monarch in England? We'll say England. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II is the longest reigning monarch. So they have a list here of monarchs. And the longest reign. So Queen Elizabeth II, she reigned for, oh, sorry, 70 years. My bad. She reigned for 70 years. Then Queen Victoria reigned for 63. Then George III reigned for 59. And I think Queen Victoria was the first. Oh, my bad. Nope. Queen Elizabeth I reigned for 44 years. So... To be king, your reign is not very long. To be queen, you reign for a whole lot longer. Um, so I've been getting to think that being king of England is a curse. Just throwing that out there. But my thoughts do go out to, I would not wish um, cancer on anybody in any form. My heart goes out to William and Harry for what they're about to watch their father go through. Um, my heart goes out to Charles and Camilla for what they are about to go through. It is not a pleasant experience. That's all I'm, I have to say on that. So, yeah, that was a, a what the hell? Um, so, another, okay, the biggest... Because this also inspired the next part of the podcast. Yes, this inspired Florida Man. So, it is wintertime in Canada. Okay? It is wintertime in Ontario, Quebec, and other provinces. The temperature in Quebec right now Hang on. Um, oh. Well, let's go Quebec City because that is where this article is is based on. So right now in California, in Apple Valley, California, it's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. In Quebec City, it is 30 degrees Fahrenheit. 30. Which is cold. Now, in Celsius, that is minus one. Definitely need some form of heat. Okay? Now, some houses in Canada and in Ontario and in Quebec are heated solely by a fireplace. The cost of heating your home electrically using your hydro has gone up. Because I just got my hydro bill last month and went, what the fuzzy hell? 
the cost of using the electricity has gone up. The cost of having that electricity delivered to you, which I still think is ridiculous, has gone up. It is now the coldest month of the year. January and February, February especially, has proven in the past to be the coldest month of the year. Temperatures throughout the week in Quebec City are going to drop down to 16 degrees Fahrenheit. 16. That is minus 9 degrees Celsius. 16 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay? So I've painted you a very cold picture. Now, let me find an English article. Now, air quality is not something you generally think of um, when you're thinking in the wintertime. Because it's cold. There's very little smog. Um, so you don't think of air quality in the winter because it's super cold heat and smog kind of go hand in hand especially in big cities so um this was posted 12 hours ago the city of quebec is temporarily banning you from using fireplaces do what now starting wednesday afternoon you will not be allowed to burn solid fuel appliances indefinitely, no matter where you live in Quebec. The city issued the emergency directive late Tuesday. He says he sees an inevitable deterioration in air quality, which means the air quality has not yet deteriorated. He just thinks it's gonna. So... Okay, so hang on one second. I have to answer a question. Um, I'm going to answer the question on the podcast because then it's just easy. Give me about 20 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm sending this to Crystal because we're making sourdough starter together, which I'll explain in a minute as soon as I'm done with this message to her. Give me 20 minutes and I should be done my podcast. Okay, love you. Okay. Um, so... The city issued this emergency directive late Tuesday. He says he sees an inevitable deterioration in air quality. So it hasn't happened yet. He's going to freeze his, his, the people of Quebec to prevent it from happening. I hate to tell you, but if people die because they're cold and you have to send them to a crematorium, that's going to mess with your air quality. 
The indicators we are tracking allow us to predict that if a situation continues and citizens use their solid fuel appliances, this could lead to deterioration in air quality. Even there is also a chance of fog. We prefer to prevent too much degradation. What? He estimates the ban will remain in effect until the notice is lifted, which could last a few days at most. Okay, I'm sorry, but in the middle of super cold winter, when it is 16 degrees outside, it's cold in your house. You don't want to have to plug in electric heaters because your hydro bill is going to skyrocket. Believe me, I know. We heated a two-story house with nothing but electric heaters because we didn't have gas. I did renovations on a house that was heated solely by a fireplace, a wood-burning stove in the basement. So whoever lives in that house now, if they lived in Quebec, would freeze their pantaloons off. So, in late 2023, the morning after the new regulation came into effect, the city of Quebec announced that it would now have the power to restrict the use of solid fuel appliances, even certified ones, to maintain air quality, expected period of decline. Thus, this provision, which allows the introduction of time restrictions, is being implemented for the first time. During the period of restrictions, groups of inspectors will move around the territory. Offenders will be sent to know about the offense before being fined for repeated offenses. The ordinance provides that whoever violates the ordinance commits a misdemeanor and is subject, in the case of an individual, to a fine of $300 to $1,000 for a first offense. What? <laughs> I don't understand. <sighs> I don't know. It's just, it's, it's stupid for one. If you have a certified wood burning stove, that means you are only allowed to burn clean fossil fuels which eliminate creosote and buildup in your chimney. But also, yes, it releases smoke into the air, but it is a cleaner variant of smoke. And if you watch smoke from a chimney, it dissipates fairly quickly. This isn't England, where houses are stacked on top of each other and every single house has a fireplace. And is belching smoke out of the chimney. It's not like that. It's the middle of winter. Few houses have a fireplace. Some rely on that fireplace to keep winter costs down so they can survive. Because the cost of living in Canada is stupid. It, that's the only, I know I've said that word a lot this podcast. But it is stupid. It, it doesn't make sense the 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 cost of things 
And now you're going to make things even higher by banning people from heating their houses completely. And now I'm looking at another thing that says that Canada is to ban wood stoves completely by 2027. So those people that are looking to put a wood stove in their house to help with the heat in the wintertime, I actually happen to know people that were trying to do that. They got scammed, but um, they were trying to put a wood stove in. By 2027, they'd have to take it out. That's not that far away. We're in 2024 already. That's only three years. <sighs> Seriously. What the fuzzy hell? It's just... I don't know. I don't know. How bad is the smog in, in Quebec City to begin with? Apparently not that bad because it hasn't happened yet. He foresees it happening. What is the air... Quality in Quebec City right now. Uh, air pollution level. Good. The air quality is good. So, I don't understand what the problem is. The downtown area is moderate, but that's downtown. There aren't a whole lot of houses downtown using fossil fuels to to solid fuels to feed their their fires and heat their homes. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And why are they doing it? Why don't they do it in Toronto? That is one of the biggest smog cities around. Anyway, that's just my opinion. So let's move on to some funny. What the hells? Um, okay, so I decided after what the fuzzy hell with all of this stuff, I needed some funny what WTFs. Okay, so of course, what do I Google? Florida man, because Florida man is dependable. Florida man can be counted on to make me laugh and make me scratch my head and go, what the hell? So let's get into a little bit of Florida man. And the very first thing that I pull up. And the thing is, is, it, it, I mean, it's really got to be the air. It's got to be the water. It's got to be something in Florida. Okay. Um, this is the video that you're hearing in the background. Oh, what? I don't even know. I have no words. I'm actually watching the video of the dude. So, a New York man joyriding. Okay, so let me let me start again. A New York man's joyriding trip among the Florida surf was cut short by police after he deliberately circumvented a closed gate to drive on the beach. The event, which was caught on camera, captured Jason Brzezowski. Gwich, 49, driving his Dodge Ram pickup truck onto the shore of New Smyrna Beach just before 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning. The press release from the Volusia County Sheriff's Office said that the dude bypassed, I put in the dude because I can't pronounce his last name, I'm not going to attempt it, again, 
bypassed the closed beach access gate, which was closed to vehicles due to a high tide and a severe wind. The 48-year-old also failed to pay the vehicular access fee required for beach entry. <laughs> what? Okay, so the picture of him that they have, he's grinning from ear to ear, scraggly-haired. Right, dude. The video of the incident from the sheriff's office showed the dude in his white pickup truck driving down the shallow waters for over a minute. In a portion of the clip, the dude is seen attempting a donut in the shallow water. Three lifeguards from New Smyrna Beach responded to the deserted beach and spotted the 48-year-old backing up further into the ocean water. Lifeguards later told police as they approached the dude in case of a medical issue. When deputies arrived at the scene, the dude told them he wanted to drive on the beach, according to an affidavit. Deputies informed the dude that the beach was closed to cars because of bad weather. His reply? It's not my fault the truck don't surf. The dude is heard telling deputies in the footage... The cop said, yeah, but you shouldn't be driving on the beach when the gates are all closed, the deputy replied. The dude asks, can I get in trouble for that? The deputy says, yeah. Yeah. Police arrested the dude and he was transported to the Volusia County Branch Jail. He was charged with a violation of Volusia County Ordinance 20-174 subsection 8, the failure to pay vehicular access fee, and was held on a $200 bond. The truck was also towed by law enforcement. <laughs> oh, Now to read the comments, because, you know, they're always funny. Um, so, people are, are, a lot of people are, are saying that, you know, he just threw 40K in the dumpster. The salt water corrosion will destroy that truck in two years or less. Um, somebody else called Sidiots. I love the word Sidiots. I really do. They drive in. Somebody saw it in Montauk. They drive in or get stuck in the sand. See where I live? They don't drive onto the beach. The, be the beaches themselves are actually very small. They wait until winter and drive out on the ice. And then they lose their truck. Because the truck goes through the ice. Um... So the insurance guy is not going to pay that claim. <laughs> yep. So as a Florida resident, I'll admit I was not born and raised here. However, in the 35 plus years I've lived, the newly relocated visiting from New York amaze me. Most crazy Florida folks aren't from here and do fun stuff like seeing how close they can get to an alligator, holding the door open for a, a granny or surfing waves in their pickup trucks. It makes for good reading for those of us that have calmed down a bit. <laughs> Holding the door for a granny, that's not a good thing? What? Okay, I need to see the replies to that one. Okay, so I guess that means something else. So, yeah, the, the general consensus is that's the end of his pickup because salt water's not good.
Wow. Okay, so now we're just getting into the political aspects of it. So we're going to move on and see what else Florida man has gotten his ridiculous little butt up to. Um, that one seems to be dominating because it's, it's new. Uh, so now there's one here. Florida man becomes overnight TikTok star with home repair video hacks. So a Tallahassee, Florida native has gone viral on TikTok for his helpful home repair hacks. Um, the man goes by the name Gator and has posted hundreds of home repair videos, giving out tips on everything from plumbing to pool gear. Um, so apparently he's fairly decent at it. It's nothing funny. WD-40 for bugs. Oh, I need to check that one out. Um, so good for him. The whole comment section was like, can you show me how to do another tape measure hack? How do you use a drill? Can you fix a toilet? Do you fix a door? And he, he recalled, and it, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, very cool. Congratulations, Gator. Appropriate name. Um, that one wasn't near as funny as I thought it was going to be. What? Wait, what? Oh, no. This can't be good. Florida man made his initial court appearance on Tuesday morning after allegedly killing his father over a vaccination. Um, all right. Stranger things have been known to happen. Did you know there's a TV show? I have yet to catch to, to check that out yet, but I really got to check it out. <laughs> Drunken wacko. <laughs> it's always a good headline. Drunken wacko struts completely naked in Florida airport, tries to breach security. Uh, TSA didn't have to ask this guy to remove his shoes. An alleged drunk and fully naked Florida man was arrested Monday after he was caught casually strolling through an airport terminal before he attempted to walk past security. Martin Edimov, 36, parked his car on the sidewalk of the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport before entering the building and putting his entire body on display, according to the Broward County Sheriff's Department. Footage from inside the terminal captured Edimov nonchalantly walking through the check-in lanes of Terminal 1 as passengers diverted away from the naked man. Edimov eventually made his way to the airport's TSA security line, strolling past several TSA agents, talking incoherently. The clothes-free man rerouted away from the screening area and attempted to open a door marked Restricted Access. He eventually made his way past the screening area to the baggage inspection line, where he was met by sheriff's deputies and more TSA agents. You think? As law enforcement officers went to subdue Edimov, he allegedly began resisting arrest, but was eventually taken into custody. Footage captured the man being bent over. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me try that line again. 
Okay. Footage captured the man being bent over the baggage conveyor belt as at least... Oh, man! I hope it wasn't moving! As at least two Broward County Sheriff's deputies detained him. Whew. <laughs> Edimov was handed a slew of charges, including resisting arrest with violence, battery on law enforcement two times, and exposure of sexual organs, according to court documents. He was also charged with misdemeanor disorderly conduct and disorderly intoxication. He's a young dude. He was booked into Broward County Jail on $3,500 bond. Edimov was banned from the airport due to his nude antics. They're not going to recognize him if he's clothed. I'm giving no return to the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, a judge told Edimov during his court appearance Tuesday morning. Along with his ban from the airport, Edimov was ordered to undergo a mental health screening and told not to ingest alcohol or drugs. Is this considered suspicious behavior? Someone wrote in a caption alongside the bizarre video, Did they ask about the absence of tan lines? Florida, one comment read. Did the metal detector go off? Another person questioned. <laughs> Edimov was not the first person to show off more than the generic, more than the general public wanted inside the Fort Lauderdale airport. In September, a Reddit post went viral after it displayed a woman in an orange halter neck dress waiting in line for a Spirit Airlines flight, seemingly oblivious that her clothing had been hiked up to bear her backside. Only in the airport, Spirit Airlines, a fellow passenger filming the woman, could be heard saying, but the odd spectacle unfolding in front of her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know. Florida man, I tell ya. Okay, so, yeah, you think? Florida man accused of plotting mass shooting at Mons Venus, wearing a devil mask to undergo psychiatric evaluation. You think? Uh, let's see. Why... Okay, hang on. Let's check this one out. Because it's just weird. Um, Alright, I'm trying to see why he wanted to do this. Wow. And they actually let him get in. Well, they didn't let him, but they didn't catch him. That's for sure. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay, so a Florida man was arrested after crossing crime scene tape at plane crash site, claiming to be medical staff. A Florida man has been arrested after crossing police crime tape at a fatal Clearwater plane crash site, claiming to be part of the medical staff. Authorities confirmed that around 9.30 p.m. on Thursday, Joseph Salvatore Schifano, 66, identified himself as medical staff when he tried to cross the yellow police tape at the scene of the fatal Clearwater plane crash. Usually you have to flash your credentials. Did you not watch CSI Miami? Come on now. 
Clearwater police told Fox 13 that Schifano could not provide any proof of employment or duty after he was caught ducking under the crime scene tape and entering the crash site. Uh, police told him he was just nosy and then told him to move along. After being warned, he walked around officials to hide himself and then crossed under the tape again. According to the arrest affidavit, he was an entire house length into the crime scene while taking a video of the scene on his phone. Officials stated that Schiffino apologized for his behavior and told them that he was trying to capture a video for a, v a media company in an attempt to make some money. Sicko. I mean, I tell you, the lengths people will go to make a buck. That's just wrong. All right, let's find some funny ones. I'm not finding anything. Ew! Central Florida man arrested for recording victims in bathroom. Ew! <laughs> Yuck! Um, what else we got? Uh, let's see. The Florida man doesn't seem to be doing anything, uh, <sighs> funny lately. They're all really sick. Or, you know, the TikTok dude. I don't know. Florida man, you are uh, disappointing today. Anyway, I think I'm going to end this for now and go and see what disaster my dog has um, torn up in the living room because he didn't have my undivided attention. And hopefully I will find better Florida man. Sorry, I'm hearing noises and I'm hoping that it's not uh, Steamship Willie. We have a mouse. And um, King caught the mouse, showed me the mouse, made the mouse squeak. And then I ran away screaming because, you know, if you know me, you know. Uh, and then he dropped the mouse and the mouse is, is somewhere. The mouse can be heard, but, you know, King's been given his orders and he's failing so far. So, yeah, we have a mouse. I'm trying to find the mouse and get rid of the mouse. The mouse does not belong in my house. No mouse in my house. I wanted to call him Cotton-Eyed Joe because I need to know where did he come from and where did he go. But, no, his name is Steamship Willie after a character in one of our comic books. <laughs> anyway, okay, I am out of here. Um, I have things I have to do. I have work I have to do. So this is your podcast for this week. What the fuzzy hell. Um... Yeah, maybe Gen X, maybe we are just built different. I don't know. When we were told not to look at the sun, we didn't look at the sun. And you didn't worry about smog in the winter. You heated your homes. But apparently you can't do that anymore either. So, all right, everybody. You know the drill. Be the kind friend. At least be as kind as you can possibly be. And don't lick shit. All right, everybody. Till next week. See ya. 
Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.